to be in the house of God with the people of God once again, Father Jesus. Thank you. Because we don't take it lightly that we have our faculties and our focus about us, Lord Jesus. We praise you and give you glory and honor because even our breath is from you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We pray now your blessings upon the services, each and every one. May the words that are spoken, the songs that are sung, everything that's said be according to your plan, Father, according to your will, and, and to give you reverence and praise, Father, to bring you honor. Father, we bind and rebuke any hindering spirits that they have no power here. In the name of Jesus, they must go. They must flee in Jesus' name. Let your will, your words, your way be done this day in this house. Bless those that are bringing forth the word, Father Jesus, in praise and song and in deed, Father. Let everything be to honor and glorify you. Open our hearts, Father. Enlarge our hearts. Let your words take root. Let it penetrate and grow and make us and, and help shape us and mold us into the men and women of God that we are called to be. In Jesus' precious and holy name I pray. Amen. Amen. So I want to thank you all for coming out. I know it's early this morning. We've got, hopefully the rain's gone for a little while. <laughs> Anybody else waterlogged besides me? It's a lot of rain, a lot of rain. <laughs> I'm done with rain for a little while. Felt like I was in a tropical world, you know, rain, sunshine, rain, sunshine. <laughs> Except we don't have sand and, you know, it wasn't drying up quick enough for me. <laughs> um, so let's, let's change... Um, Today we're going to talk about the valley between us, the valley between us, and we're going to go to 1 Samuel 17, and this is a very popular, well-known story of David and Goliath. Um, most of us were taught it in Sunday school, and it's a wonderful story, but I just want to talk about the first three or four verses, and for some reason, every time I read this, this one verse kept sticking in my mind, and and I knew that one day God would reveal what he wanted in that particular sentence for me. But um, so today's the day, and he's given me a little something to talk about, and I hope that it blesses you. It says, and I'm reading from the King James Version, Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle and were gathered together at Sukkoth, which belonged to Judah. Now if you remember, Judah is the tribe that the Christ came that Jesus was born from it was David's tribe Solomon's tribe the kingly tribe they call it they like to refer to it as the kingly tribe and pitched between Sukkot and Azekan and in Ephes to men and Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Eli and set in the battle in array against the Philistines and the Philistines stood on a mountain on the one side and the Israelites stood on the mountain on the other side, and there was a valley between them. There was a valley between them. So when you think of a valley, and a lot of times in the Bible, in the Old Testament, the valleys are places of battle. These were battle, where battles were fought. Not all the time, but mostly. I think there are like seven great valleys mentioned in the, in the Bible, and mostly in the Old Testament. Even the Garden of Gethsemane was in the valley. It was in the valley of the Kindred Valley is what they called it. It was close to the Kindred Valley. And valleys are mostly areas where it's lower than the mountains. It's a low place. And sometimes there was water or streams or rivers that run through it. But it was chosen as a place for battle because of the grounding. It was sure footing, you know. It was easy to, you know, 
advance and, and to defend yourself or whatever. It was a place of easy for battle. So when you think of a valley, and spiritually we think of valleys as low places, place of struggle, um, place of battles. I don't know, what do, what do, whatever else you all think of, what do you think of when you think of a valley? Some of them are really pretty. They're green land because all the water runs down and the vegetation, vegetation grows well in the green valleys you know, from the water and the runoff of the mountains. But so we look at the valley and we're thinking of a battle. And in this battle, and I won't read all of it, but um, we know that the, the king of the Israelites, Saul, who was always tall, he was the taller than most everybody else, he is hiding in his tent away from Goliath and the Philistines because Goliath is a very large man who, you know, demands a lot of presence when he shows up. <laughs> He's a man that strikes your attention. But their king, who should be the ones leading him in battle, he is hiding in the tent because he's avoiding the battle. Goliath has called for him to come forth. Send me your champion, which normally would be the king. Send me your champion, he says, and we will, we will battle to the death. And who wins will serve the other. And because of the king's cowardness, all of Israel is suffering with the same affliction of cowardness. He, they're afraid. They're afraid. They're afraid. And, and so when I looked at this and I was reading it, talking about the valley between, I was like, Lord, what, what does that signify? He says, a lot of times my people, they're standing on the one side, the one mountain, and they're looking over and they see the goodness of God. So let's, let's explain that. Shako, Shako means defense. It's a defense. That was the city called Shako. So they were, they were gathered together at Shako, which belonged to Judah, and pitched between Shako and Azekam. Azekam means strength of walls. So do you hear anything in here that talks about weakness? I don't. I don't. Another name for Shako is a, um, a bough, which means the main branch of a tree. And we are, we are called to be what? I am the vine. I'm supposed to be bearing fruit from the tree, from the main bough, from the vine. So here it is. Do you, do you hear anything that's weak in any of these names that that the Israelites are standing and looking over into this other mountain, and this is where it, what's over there. And then it says they are in Ephes Demen. I looked up the name of that, and it says the boundary of blood. So many times, my Lord says, whether you're in the mountain or you're down in the valley, what's on the other side is me is my strength, my defense, my walls. Another mean for, um, as uh, the one name was dug out, I am dug in, I am strengthening for you, I am all that you need. I have applied the blood to you, the boundary of blood. Is the enemy going to tempt you? Is he going to try you? Is he going to try to talk you and whisper to you? Yes. Is he on that mountain too? 
Yes, he can be. We, lo we learned in Job that he showed up in the courts in heaven amongst the angels. And God says, what are you doing here? He said, what have you been doing? I've been going to and fro. I've been going to and fro. So I don't know if you're standing on the mountain and you're looking over. And that valley is between you. But you can't live on the high of the other mountain. Sometimes we do have to come down and get into the valley and go up to the other side of the mountain. Was God in the valley with David and the Israelites? Yes, he was. We all know the story. David comes in. He's bringing a, a grilled cheese sandwich to his brothers, basically in today's terms, who are in the battle with Saul, King Saul. And he's like, he hears Goliath come out and make that taunting talk that he does every day. Throw me your champion out here and we'll battle. And David's like, who is, out, who is this Gentile defying the armies of God? What hope, what faith he had. And the king, the leader, is in the tent, cowering away. God says in the valley sometimes you're leaning on man when you should be leaning on me. And we all know the story. He talks Saul into going out. And he tries to send him out in his own gear. And he's, David's like, I can't battle in this. I got to go with what I know. What God has given me. Slingshot and three smooth stones was all he needed to take down that nine-foot giant. Israel. You know, from the beginning in Exodus 20 and 3, God told us we're not to have any other gods before him. That doesn't just mean who do you serve, you know, the calf or the job, the money, the people. It's all of it. Fear, lack of faith, lack of faith. What do you put your faith in? The Israelites were behaving like the man they had put their faith in. They had asked God for a king. How insulting that was to our God. Let somebody else lead me. Some of us behave that way today, don't we? We fear God. And it's rightfully so. We should fear the maker. But when it comes to communing, I've told you all the story many times. I want to hear from God directly. I don't want to depend on somebody else tell you the story and I've told you that many times I'd be in the prayer lines or be down here praying and pastor would come and lay hands on people and I would intentionally get away from him because I told God I said if you have something to say to me you say it I don't have to hear it from another man's lips I want to hear it directly from you I don't want to be led by a man there was a time when I thought that I was going to follow this preacher and, and be part of his church and congregation, and he was taken away. And I was standing in the shower crying and boo-hooing because I thought my destiny, my, it was connected to him. <laughs> and God checks me. He said, really? Is it connected to him, Sonia, or is it connected to me? Who is it? 
that you have your faith in, Sonia. Here I am in the valley of Elah trying to depend on a man, a person, a human, a job, financial situations, the love of someone, the, le the lack of love of someone. I don't know what it is, but what's the valley between you? What's the valley between you? Psalms 118, if anybody knew about valleys and mountains, David did. <laughs> he spent a lot of time and both, didn't he? He spent some time in some caves, too. We preached a sermon about that. But Psalms 118 and 8, it says, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. I'm sorry, that's... In verse 9, it says, Princes, princes. Proverbs tells us 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thy own understanding, thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. What's the valley between you? What's in the valley between you? Why should I not trust someone else? We have some really great godly people in this church and many churches that I've been to. We have people that hear from God that have confirmed, we have seen and heard their prophecies and heard and seen it confirmed. My pastor is one of them. But Galatians 5 and 17 says, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and they are, not, they are contrary the one to the other. We all flesh. Any of y'all been transformed into anything else lately? I, I am holy. I am filled with the Holy Spirit. I am saved. I am forgiven. But I'm still pressing toward that mark because I still live in this flesh. I still war with it every day. I don't even have to hit the feet on the floor until I'm starting to war with, with things. As soon as I'm awake, the mind starts rolling. The flesh wants what the flesh wants. And as Paul says, I die daily. It means he crucifies this flesh daily. If any man were to come after me, he is to deny himself. Pick up his cross and follow me. You can't just skip past one or two of those and do the last one. Try to just follow me because, you know, your colors start showing real quick. We've seen many that look the part. And they even looked and talked and walked the part on Sunday. But come Saturday, Sunday night or Monday night or Tuesday night or Friday night or whatever night it is, their colors start showing, don't they? Their fruits start showing what fruit they bear. John 15 and 4 through 5 says, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. What's the valley between you? What are you connected to? We taught that one too, didn't we? What are you connected to? The word sako has that meaning, defense and a bow. A bow is the main 
branch of a tree. It's where all the other branches come from. Are you standing on the mountain? And the valley between you is keeping you from the promises of God? That land was promised to them. Back to, all the way back to Abraham. This promise was made. And yet they're standing there. The valley between them. The enemy between them. And they're looking at what is rightfully theirs. Because the Bible says that it belongeth to Judah. It was theirs, but the enemy had invaded. The enemy had come down. Last week we talked about David, uh, where he was, the enemy stood against him and caused him to count the people. Don't think that you're any different. But seeing him and recognize him, and then taking the authority that you have in the name of Jesus Christ is how you overcome anything that is between you and him. Whether it be a mindset, whether it be a person, whether it be a connection to a person, a connection to a thing, a connection to your past, or a temptation that is before you, you stand on the promises you stand you wield your your sword you pull the sword out it's the weapon that you have yes you have defenses as far as your shield and and your and your helmet and your and your breastplate and your shoes and your gird you're girded up with this truth but you can defend yourself so much from the enemy's attack but until you pull the sword out and use the word of god Resist the devil and he will flee. Use the word. What is the valley between you? And then God brought me to Psalms 23 and 4. And this is a very popular writing that we believe uh, David wrote, of course. And, and it's got so much in it, so much in it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake, not for mine. You know, I have this responsibility as a Christian to look like Christ, a disciple of Christ, a follower, one that has been changed by the Holy Spirit, and, and that's an everyday walking out. We're working this out every day. But I love this one. It says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. What is your valley between? What is keeping you from that promise that's over there? You've got no reason to fear whatever it is. Don't lean on your understanding. Don't lean on, you know, trust men to, to bring you. I have, as Pastor says many times, I have no heaven or hell to put you in. I'm only a man. There ain't nothing in these hands that can save you. Nothing. Peter says, what I have I give unto you. Rise up and walk faith thy rod and thy staff they comfort me those aren't things to beat you with <laughs> the, 
get that idea out of your head. Yes, do we have consequences when we make decisions? Yes, we do. That is just the way that it is. But that rod and that staff, like, like David knew, I had beat the lion. I had beat the, the bear. I killed him. I kept the, she the sheep safe because God was with me, and he'll be with me today. Thy rod and thy staff, it's to get you out of places, to lead and guide you and direct you and protect you. Protect you if protection needs. What does this? They will comfort me. That I looked that word up in the Hebrew. It says that they are to have, he has compassion on you. He is pity on you. He consoles you. He eases and alleviates your fears and your grief. But he also avenges you. As we learned in the story with David, he had the three choices, and two were by man's hands. But the third was by God. And he said, let us fall into God's hands because he is more merciful. He is more merciful. What is your valley between you? I've been chewing on this word all week long. What is the valley between you? And I would pray, Lord, I don't understand what you mean. God, give me direction. Show me. And my husband, who's such a loving husband, he's like, don't worry. It will come. It will come. It always comes. And I'm like, but yeah, I have to be the one to stand up there and get it. <laughs> I like to know it in advance. <laughs> he's like, it will come. He's my cheerleader. <laughs> Praise God for good spouses, godly spouses. But I'm encouraging you today to step back and look at yourself. What's the valley between you? Over there is the defense, the walls of strength, the boundary of the blood. And we have the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, ain't nothing no powerful. Just his name. What is the valley between you? I call you to examine yourself today. Ask God. He'll, he'll give you that wisdom. He's no respecter of person. I have nothing any wiser than you because I'm struggling every week to get this all together <laughs> and bring it to you to feed you. But I have chewed on it, and I've ate it, and I've digested it, and I've researched it, and I've prayed about it, and I present it to you today. Feast on the word. What is the valley between? You may be on a high right now. There's a valley there. He's still with you. He won't forsake you, nor will he leave you. That is a promise we have in the word. That is all I have for you today. I pray that it blesses you, encourages you, strengthens you. Above everything, strengthens you. You know, sometimes it's hard. Growing up, isn't it, <laughs> spiritually? <laughs> it's hard, but praise God, he didn't leave us to our own devices. We have his Holy Spirit to guide and direct us.